half don't even know it. 11 million people in the United States have macular degeneration. You lose mobility, independence, changes your entire life. So many eye disorders can be treated if caught early. My husband tells me that I have beautiful brown eyes, and I don't want to lose that. Make a plan today to get your eyes checked. Visit brightfocus.org to learn more. And we are here. It is Saturday. We are in the studio. I'm Tom King and joined by Merle Kelch. We're both in the studio. That doesn't happen very often these well, days. Well, not these days, but you know what? Uh, you are a good-looking man. <laughs> you know, I just... Uh, right. I figured we'll just what start do, the BS out what, right away. Yeah, what do you morning. want? What do you need? What do you want? <laughs> 715-845-2155. We want your questions and your phone calls here this morning to talk about your investment strategies, your portfolio. Maybe you got a a tip from your brother-in-law on a hot stock. And Merle loves yeah. those kind of questions. Oh, yeah. Those are great. <laughs> Especially if the brother-in-law uh, drives a bus. That's the best one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, that actually What do you have to, against bus drivers? You know, I actually, this, this joke actually <laughs> comes from, folks, I did this radio program in Milwaukee a long time ago when I was a young man. And um, we had somebody who would call up every other week. You know, my brother-in-law would call, and he has questions about this stock. He says I should buy this one. One time I said, well, what does your brother-in-law do for a living? Well, he drives bus and listens to the radio all day, and so that became the joke. Um, you know, the thing is, is that you know, people who listen to the news all the time are brilliant people. It just kind of seemed funny to me. But uh, the, only, the only advice you should get from people on the radio is during the hour of this show. I, I other, think you're right. The other advice you're getting is probably not good. Well, Tom, as we were talking about before the show, folks, this show is listened to nationwide. <laughs> I was telling That's because we have personal friends that live in Florida and Minneapolis. <laughs> right, right, right. And we have a question for Minneapolis uh, to start off this morning, as long as the phone's not ringing. Okay. Um, had a question about uh, what the new Congress and administration are going to do are what you think they're going to do about uh, the infrastructure and the needs of uh, rebuilding the infrastructure. We all drive on roads that are in horrible shape. Uh, we've heard reports that the bridges and things like that, dams around the country are, are deteriorating rapidly, mm-hmm. and they've been ignored for, for many years. Um, do you think that this administration and this Congress is willing to tackle some of that? And if they are, what does that do for companies like we've talked about in the past, Caterpillar or Enbridge or some of these uh, construction companies and, and companies that make the equipment that would be needed to, to do these things? Sure. Well, I, I'm surprised we have any infrastructure left that needs to be rebuilt <laughs> from Obama's uh, shovel-ready programs. Sorry, I just we, had to throw got, it out there for fun. We got some of it done, but there's a lot. Well, <laughs> there, was, there was no way you need to be. I mean, we haven't had a widespread repair and rebuild since FDR, for God's sakes, it seems. You know, multiple multiple administrations have said we're going to you know fix the infrastructure and, and they don't the expense is too heavy and it takes so long to get all the permitting and get the stuff done and uh you know so that conversation has been out through multiple generations but you know will will the the biden administration get something like that done and i think the answer is going to be yes i think something will get done um and, and the reason for that is really obama's going to have to right away get something approved and yep. done and moving going forward and that's yep. and that's really uh, easy fruit in which to pick i mean that would uh, be biden not obama so, I know. Same guy. (laughs) It's just same person. What's what's the difference? At least you're admitting that there is going to be a new president. Well, some of your some of your colleagues won't. My probability is is that Biden will become the president. He won't know it, but he'll be Uh, in office. Um, So yeah, Biden Obama. It's going to be the same thing all over again. The market's (laughs) going to go sideways. We're going to spend a bunch of tax money. What else do we need to know, Tom? Well, the market certainly are uh, responding well, at least in the first week. uh, What's going on? Like I had to say to one of my young liberal friends, (laughs) he says, "Well, it's because of the." Uh, confidence they see him by said biden doesn't even know if he's a carrot you know but 
It's not nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with the um, uh, dysfunctionalness of government will be with a Republican Senate, which appears to be going that direction, and a, uh, a Democratic Congress. So when those two things are opposite, it, the, it makes it really dysfunctional. Things don't really like to work right. And so as a result of that, a lot of the things that are proposed by uh, the Obama administration, of course, the Green New Deal, increasing all the taxes, dropping all the tax plans, appears as though they won't get out. And as a result of that, then uh, the market says, oh, great, we have some certainty, and which the certainty is the dysfunction of government and things aren't going to change much. What and a, so that's the reason we see the market jump up. What a cynical way of looking at things, though, the, the, to, to, be, to be a fan of having a dysfunctional government, that that's like, that's like a good thing. Well, you know, what does the market not like? The market does not like uncertainty. And if we have the certainty of a dysfunctional government, it means they can't get much done and we know how things are going to work. And that's how the, the marketplace goes. has nothing to do with who is going to be inside of the president. I think the, the picture, in my opinion, from everything that I've read, researched, looked at, and my experience is that people just wanted to have Congress be one and the Senate be the other as far as a political party. Didn't care who the president was going to be. You know, and I, and I don't have a problem with uh, having the Senate in the hands of the Republicans and, and having to uh, to negotiate things. So you are a reasonable no, but, but wait, man. But wait a minute, but I'm, I'm going to continue that, that thought because <laughs> this Senate, controlled by one man, Mitch McConnell, won't even discuss issues, won't even bring bills to a vote. I mean, bring it to a vote, vote it down. If, if you have the, the votes to vote it down, vote it down. That's fine. That's the way the system is supposed to work. It's not supposed to work with all of these bills passed by the House sitting on Mitch McConnell's desk and one man controlling what happens to the government. I mean, yeah, it, it's it's a two-way street through Congress and By the way, sides. I also uh, see that Republicans are going to start complaining about the deficit again now that our Democrat is president. You know, well, they, They've been worried perfect. about it the last four oh, years. Yeah. But <laughs> Let's go to the phone here this morning. Good morning. Who are we talking to? Morning. I call Joe from Marshfield. Hey, Joe, go ahead. Morning, Joe. Morning. Hey, I just have a question. Um, back when the Dow was down to about 18.2 or whatever it was, um, I was going to pull everything out of my 401k, mm-hmm. and my financial planner talked me out of it. Mm-hmm. And then it went up to 25, and I went in, and I'm like, I'm done. I just want to keep what I got. And I... I pulled it out, and it's in a low. It's in a no interest bearing account with American funds. Mm-hmm. Um, How's that working for you, by the way? Well, not very good. I'm not okay. making anything. <laughs> <laughs> but I was happy with what the money that I had in there, and I didn't want to lose any more. So when do I, I mean? I don't know. I mean, now I don't know when to get back in because yeah. I, I I see it going up, and when I watch the stock market, um, my wife basically had me do it because I was watching the stock market every single day and I was losing, you know, $10,000 this day and I'd gained $10,000 this day and it just got to be too much for me. Your wife told you so, to pull it out? What? What's that? Your wife told you to pull it out? She's always right. That's one thing I learned. Well, you have. One of the reasons she was doing that is because you're watching the stock market every day. You're driving her nuts, Joe. Stop doing watching the stock market every day. You've said well, many times on the program, Merle. Yeah, that, if you, that, watch, you watch a market every day, you're going to you, have a heart attack and you, die. You, yeah. should only invest, you should only invest in the uh, amount that you're comfortable and, not, and don't and go sleep and over. And that's yeah, right. So, yeah. so, Joe, multiple things. Of course, I'm giving you a hard time having some fun here. But, Joe, you're hitting on a couple of different things here, and I'm not sure if you can still hear me. Um, but Joe in here, you're hitting on a couple things. One, if you're watching a stock market every day and trying to guess what the marketplace is doing, you're going to go absolutely crazy and mad. Don't do that. Look at your statements once a month, and if you're, if you're smart about it, look at it every three. 
you can't time the marketplace. In fact, modern portfolio theory shows, um, and this is Nobel, Nobel Prize winning smart guys, okay? Um, they find that trying to time the market only accounts for 2% of all of your rate of return. That's it. So I like to tease my friends who are pure stockbrokers that uh, they only really matter 2% of the time. Uh, they really enjoy that. But we're, most of our rate of return, in fact, around the 94% mark, comes from the asset classes that we have and the amount of time we spend in the market. Well, if you keep pulling out and trying to pull it out and put it back in, pull it out, put it back in, as far as your money inside of the marketplace, um, you're going to eventually end up losing because you're you're now playing on 2% of the probability of making money long term versus 94%. Make sense? Makes sense. So would okay. it be dumb to put it back in now? No. Why? Um, if we take a look at where the marketplace is going, let's say over the next four, six, eight quarters at minimum, and you should never look at, you know, where's the market going to go in six months? You always want to look where's it going two and three years out. Um, and looking at that, um, I ask you, where do you think the stock market is going to go as the vaccine comes in, people get back to work? Where do you think the economy is going to go in the stock market? Well, it's definitely going to go up. Okay, so why are you waiting? Well, I, well the thing is, they'll come out with any news that Trump says or Biden says that's good news, and the stock market goes up. And then they can come up with one bad thing, and the stock market just plummets. Absolutely. Yeah. So, it, so it doesn't have that, to do anything to there, do with the companies itself. Is there, Joe, you're, you're absolutely right in that, and this is part of the thing. Don't watch it daily. Is there a happy medium yeah. for him to take the money that he's got in a no-interest-bearing account and put it somewhere that he can feel relatively well, that, safe that with that it as com- opposed to— Yeah, and then that kind of comes back, uh, both Tom and Joe, that kind of comes back to and saying, what do you feel comfortable with? Should you be out of the market? No, you shouldn't. Um, you should be in the marketplace in a nice diversified portfolio. So the other part of that is is that we'll say, if if the fluctuation is too much, I can't sleep at night, well, then maybe a smaller percentage of it should be inside of the marketplace. But making no money on your money in the 401k just seems kind of crazy because it could at least be inside of a guaranteed interest account making something, albeit take inflation out of it, it's probably earning nothing. Um, But you have to look at where's the marketplace going to go, I should say the economy going to go, and thereby the marketplace will tend to follow it and use that as your guide, not what's going on daily inside of the marketplace. You're going to drive yourself and your wife nuts. And right now, it's just kind of volatile. So that's what scares me to put it back in or leave it in. My goal, my only goal in life is to get as much money as Tom has. Well, he's got he's at $35 million <laughs> oh, and counting yeah. right now. Oh, His boy. wife doesn't know it. It's secret. But he's got $35 million hidden in offshore boy, accounts. Boy, your wife, your <laughs> wife is probably saying... Uh, <laughs> Boy, you're really a slacker. You know, the old old line I used is if I had your money, I'd throw mine away. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Hey, well, thanks for taking the call, guys. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Joe, thanks much. Good luck to you. 715-845-2155. And we've talked about that in the past, but where where are some safe places that uh, you mentioned a guaranteed uh, interest-bearing account, but... You know, normally when folks don't want to be in the market itself, uh, the stock market, they, they talk about bonds, and, mm-hmm. and we've been up and down about bonds. And the bond and, marketplace are getting are having a rough time. Yeah, the, the bonds, are, are, so bonds are not a place so, to go you right know, now. So, so here's some things um, we look at, and we've done some some numbers on it and to see, and, and, and they seem to be working pretty good. And it's kind of an old trick that we've done in this business for a long time. And, and that is, is to use what's called short duration, and I've used this term, and I'll, I'll try to explain it as they say, um, again, but uh, duration is the sweet spot on a bond um, where you reach your maximum profit potential based upon the time uh, value of money. All right. Did you catch that, folks? All right. Let me back up a little bit. So a dollar today is worth more uh, than a dollar 20 years from now. So if you have a bond that's paying you 
um, uh, interest on that dollar every six months between now and 20 years, at some point in time is going to be the sweet spot where it says that that money uh, then has a declining value because it's spending so much time out there before we get it back. And so when you do a big mathematical computation, it creates this point called duration. And duration in the bond is that sweet spot, that easiest, closest spot where we have the maximum profitability in the bond. Well, what does that mean? A short duration means that that number is closer, maybe within a year or two years, maybe three. But a short duration bond fund is going to have less susceptibility to a drop in price when interest rates go up. And will interest rates go up in the next few years? I think the answer is yeah, it's going to. Why? Historically low inflation seems to be having a little bit of a, a peaking issue coming up. So, so we're going to have some bonds. We have a short duration. We have it really, really close. Now, to buy a short duration bond fund in most places, you're going to earn a couple percent. Maybe you get up to three. Um, so you use a short duration bond fund, it can be good, but it's got to be a good one. You got to look around. You can't have armpit company short duration mutual fund. Look around, do your homework. There's some real quality ones that are out there. Um, the next thing is, is they also have um, simply they call them uh, short term bond funds, a little bit different thing. Short term bond simply means it's going to mature. Mature means you get your principal back within the next year, maybe two years. Short duration, short term, uh, two little bit different animals, but again, just offer a little bit of differences. And so those two work out well. Using a floating rate fund, well, floating rate funds got kind of hit in values this year. Now they're coming back, but they kind of got hit in values. That's because a short, I'm sorry, a short or a floating rate fund um, is not a bond. It's a loan to a company from another company. And then they sell those loans out. And if it looks like the company can't pay, you see the values drop. And well, as the coronavirus hit and everybody out of work, the floating rate funds, but they pay a real nice interest rate along the way. So those things become a combination. And then one of them that I've liked for a long time, and they, they're, it's one of those things that they're, they're okay, and then they're great, and then they have the propensity to stink, but this year they've been great, is what's called a convertible bond or a convertible bond fund. So a convertible bond fund is full of a bunch of bonds that are convertibles. Ha! Who knew? nothing to do with the car, by the way. Convertible bond is the ability to switch from a bond and convert into a certain number of shares of an underlying stock. For example, one of the hottest convertible bonds this year has been Tesla because the price of the stock went up, the bond converts, you get interest along the way, and then you convert it to the stock and the stock went up. It's been great. But the convertible bond funds have been phenomenal this year. So in this, where do you go then with the cash? Well, my recommendation is uh, buy a little piece of all of them. Just build yourself a little portfolio with that nest egg and guess how much of it in the stock market? The answer is zero. So the stock market goes up and down, you're doing nothing, but you're at least going to earn a few shekels on the diversification of that cash that's in there. Um, you're not going to earn 5% or 10% um, unless the bond or convertible bonds still take off, but you're not going to earn zero or 1% either. Is there a risk? Yes. There's always risk of volatility inside of a portfolio like that. Um, but the, the probability of, of uh, losing it all goes down dramatically when you spread it up. You know, when, when you come up with uh, with fake names as examples, I don't think there probably is an armpit uh, mutual fund out there. I don't know. Yeah. I just thought about that when I said it. <laughs> we need to take a break here. We'll come back with more. Phone lines are open. If you have a question for Merle, give us a call. We'll be right back on WSAU. My son is Tim. He has brain tumor, and he's um, fighting for his life. We are so amazed by St. Drew. We don't have to pay, and we don't have to worry. This really helps us so much. I really respect people who donate. Tommy can have a second chance. We as a family can have a second chance. So I'm Enough dialogue about where the throttle ought to be. On WSAU and WSAU.com. 
And we're back here in the studio. I'm Tom King, Merle Kelch, Kelch and Associates in Wausau. Folks, the opinions voiced on this show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for an individual. You're surprised I was prepared, aren't you? Well, but you're prepared too prepared because usually <laughs> you would do that after the news. Well, you got a point. All right. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your attorney, accountant, financial advisor, or tax advisor prior to investing. This show contains forward-looking statements that may not come true. Securities Investment Advisory Services offered through HBEC Incorporated. Member FINRA SIPC, HBEC Incorporated, and Kelton Associates Unaffiliated Companies in this program is intended for Wisconsin residents only. Now, look, we got that done too, Tom. We are way ahead of schedule. Yes, indeed. And the phone lines are open if you'd like to uh, ask Merle a question. Is it too late to run out and buy Pfizer stock and the other drug companies that are involved in vaccine manufacture? No, mm-mm. It's not? No. You know, we talked about, you know, we talked about, you know, we went back, we talked, going back to our, our conversation from our, Minneapolis friend talking about infrastructure. Are they going to build it? Yes, there's going to be infrastructure that's going to come out. It's an easy, low-hanging fruit for the current administration to get something passed. Um, I think it works out well for that to be done. And so from that, which stock do we buy? Do we buy Caterpillar? Well, I don't know. Do we buy John Deere? Well, I don't know. Uh, so, so why not buy a few of each if we're going to be in individual stocks? Um, it's that diversification spreading it around. We had the same thing with Joe here from Marshfield. You know, we talked about what do we do, and we got into our conversation, how do we build a portfolio that has some more safety to it. We talked about, you know, diversification spreading it around. We said the same. So do you see the – you catch that? So do you see the theme, my friend? Okay. So if we look at it, do we? is it too late to buy Pfizer stock? No. Um, should we buy Johnson & Johnson? Yeah. How about Moderva? The answer is sure. How about AstraZeneca? Well, how about buy a little bit of each? And we buy a mix of all of them. They're all going to benefit from each other. So as we look at it, um, you know, we see uh, BioNTech or BeyondTech, however they want to say it, um, and Pfizer, they're both uh, jumping up as far as stock goes because they're the first to come out. Um, uh, The next one, Johnson & Johnson, is going to use the same type of, I'm sorry, a little bit different technology. Moderva uses the same type of technology that they have uh, uh, with uh, Pfizer and BeyondTech. So why not have all of them because whichever one is going to be the biggest – already have huge huge contracts with the U.S. government to build 100 million doses and for each one of them. So why not buy a mix of all of them or look for somebody who's already doing that, such as a healthcare fund or something of this nature that's already going to have some of those stocks on the inside. But, uh, you know, it, it really is going to be a game changer with all these companies coming out. And really, we have to think about what's happened. Um, we just built a vaccine in six to seven months um, from entirely uh, technology that's going to be entirely different. You know, the, the technology that was used to build this stuff really is going to change um, how we do this stuff into the future, whether it's coming from colds or uh, future uh, uh, coronaviruses of this nature that come out in the years to come, because it's going to speed it up and uh, save an enormous amount of lives coming up. Really cool technology. 715-845-2155 is the number to call. I'll tell you what, we need to take a break for some news. We'll come back with more. If you have a question Can I read it again after? Well, if you feel like it. Okay. (laughs) You can do it again if you'd like. We'll be back after this on WSAU. I have a lifetime of experience as a financial planner. A lawyer. A homemaker. An educator. A mechanic. A nurse. What people can do when they come together. Take action with us. Find out more at rotary.org slash action. Joe Biden and the Democrats are stealing the election. He's suing for four more years. The defendant, President-elect Joe Biden, maintains he's won the election and 
Come on, man. They just keep finding votes, finding votes. Check his pockets. They're probably filled with phony ballots. From the count to the courts. Check in for the latest. Mr. Biden. Come on, man. On WSAU. And we're back here in the studio. I heard a rumor that uh, Alec Baldwin is refusing to leave Saturday Night Live. So, it's a... Well, why would he? <laughs> 715-845-2155 is the number to call here. If you have a question for Merle regarding your portfolio, give us a call here this morning. Um, we've got, the, obviously, the holiday season upon us. There are people that already have their Christmas decorations up and on. Do you have yours up and on yet? Uh, no. But we, we have this thing that goes on in our house between my lovely bride and I. She goes, I really like Christmas lights on the house. I'm like, that's fantastic. You could put them up, right? Well, that's just where the conversation stops. I see. You know? Okay, yeah. Anyway, so I had actually tried to surprise her and have my uh, you know nephew come over because he's you know young and you know weak mind, strong back kind of stuff, and said, here, I'll give you some some beer money. We're going to put some lights up. Yeah, well, they didn't get any place else. So, um, what about one of those laser lights that just puts like Santa on the garage door or something? Yeah, I mean, that, be a, right. That sounds easy to me. Well, I mean, obviously, some people think it's too early for Christmas stuff, but obviously, retailers don't. And uh, we've talked about this in the past. Do you think it's going to be a good holiday shopping season? Although most record, of it's going to be online. I think it's going to be a record year. Yeah, online. I think it's going to be a record year. Um, we can already see it, especially if another stimulus ends up coming before the end of the year, especially before Christmas. Um, I think we're going to have a record year because there's just so much cash out there at this point in time. Um, I think we end up having a record year. Where's all this cash out there? I mean, the stimulus was gone. It was twelve hundred dollars, and it was gone a long time ago. I don't understand where all this cash. Still record is. amounts of cash out there yet. M um, one money supply is is up huge. There's a record amount of cash. People just aren't spending it um, as they normally would. And so I think um, as we come up, especially with this vaccine, I think the wallets start opening up. We see a bunch of spending going on. You know, uh, we always look at, you know, what's going on as far as the economy goes. And one of my favorite economists are Brian Westbury out of First Trust out of Chicago. I have to um, uh, always make sure I say it. But, you know, I read his stuff every single week that that comes up. And so um, he tries, like, uh, you know, most people in this industry try to do, he try to take the politics out of it um, so you can look at the numbers on the inside. And some of the stuff that I think um, is particularly good is that, um, if we take a look at the economy, and I'm reading a verbatim from his, his uh, emails, um, the economy continues to grow and corporate performance continues to improve. According to facts that 89% of all S&P 500 companies have reported earnings for the third quarter and 86% of them have had earnings above expectations. Um, usually that number is about 75%. And so he goes on to say it's not necessarily because of um, a, a lot better revenues. It's just simply because the companies have cut and had to adapt to the the changing times as far as expenses and how they do stuff. And productivity is actually up 4.1% from what it was a year ago in many companies. So business is being done that's out there. There's select areas that things are really tough, especially in the, the hospitality and service industry. The industry. Uh, those areas are just absolutely uh, uh, beat up at this point in time. Um, but with that, uh, we see uh, the opinions are is that as again we people start getting back to work again on the coasts and um, in the rest of the country, we we'll, should see economic expansion continue to grow. But you know, business has been pretty good, Tom. It's been uh, uh, moving forward uh, uh, quite a bit. All Success. Right. Let's go to the phone here this morning. Good morning. Who are we talking to? Hi. Um, I am wondering. Yesterday, I was listening to I don't know who, but they said something about a rally at Marathon County courthouse today i uh, don't know anything about that there is i don't know what time it is though i don't even 
Not even really sure if it's oh, today. It is was. it today? It's a, it's a two, if, okay, so there is, is one today. Yeah, I okay, believe so. You, mm-hmm. you don't know where I'd call to find out. Anything. Don't have any idea. No sorry clue. about sorry. that. 715-845-2155. Live radio. The excitement of live radio. There we go. It's wonderful. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what... Uh, We've been hearing a lot. You can't you can't watch television without seeing advertising from the various uh, phone providers about 5G, 5G this, 5G that. 5G is going to change our lives. 5G is going to make everything better. 5G is going to do this and do that. Do you know, I, I'm not uh, ashamed to plead my ignorance about what 5G is. Does it, does it make your just your phone work faster? It's 1G faster than, than 4G. 4G. Yeah, okay, all right. Yeah. It just makes your phone work faster <laughs> and better. Um, what is that going to mean, not only for the phone companies and phone providers themselves, but for the average consumer? And- well, it's, 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 it's well, the average consumer, your stuff is just going to work a lot faster. Okay, so so if you pop up your um, uh, your phone or you pop up your computer and you're plugged in someplace and you see how fast everything works, it'll be the same thing you're walking down the street. The difference in that isn't necessarily so much from that, but Tom, when we have our robots that are going to walk down the street with us, uh, it has the ability. Well, I'm, I'm not joking about this. I know, and, and it may happen. Um, you you could have like a robot pet dog. Think about it. It doesn't make a mess in the yard. It's awesome. Still gets want, the paper. I don't want any artificial intelligence in my house because eventually it's going to turn on you. That's what. How could you Stephen sleep? Hawking How said? could you sleep if you have a robot living in your house? What about our Roomba, you know, the vacuum cleaner? Well, I don't think the Roomba – I think I could take the Roomba <laughs> at this point. But the whole thing is, is that um, uh, businesses, um, um, IT, AI, all that sort of stuff has the ability to run quicker and do it wirelessly. Um, our cars running manually – I'm sorry, running in automatic mode. It has the ability to tap into Wi-Fi systems, and the systems are a lot faster. So decisions from these types of appliances can be done quicker. And so that's where the innovation and so forth is going to come, and the reason we want to have uh, 5G out here. Um, good, bad, or indifferent, um, but it's just going to make it so things are going to go a lot quicker, faster, and more seamless from an automation standpoint. So we're giving control of the world to the AIs just because we're lazy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we're, you know, every animal in the animal kingdom has to grow, and every tree has to grow as tall and as strong as it can possibly be to survive. With exception of humans, yeah, we we just find tools to do it better, and in the meantime, we just kind of and know. and people think that's a good thing. I never said it was a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, seven one five eight four five twenty one fifty five. What I mean, let let's get back to stuff that's going to ha- help the average investor. What are you hearing from your clients uh, in the last few weeks when they come in and, and or give you a call as to what the, what you're seeing in the marketplace and where they you know really lots of questions that come out of be about the same thing. Yeah, the first one was, what happens if Biden wins? Do I pull everything out? No, you don't pull everything out. Um, you know, the probability is we want to have a dysfunctional government. So I was more worried, quite honestly, about the Senate race than I was uh, about the presidency, simply because I want the government to be dysfunctional, uh, so that way it can't change a lot of things that are happening right now. And my hope, quite honestly, is that the corporate tax rate stays the same. If we can have that, we'll continue to have economic expansion. Um, so it's, that's one of some of the biggest questions. You know, some of the other stuff was is that. Um, uh, you know, as we talked about with uh, Joe from before, you know, when do I get out of the marketplace? When do I get in? How do I diversify? What do I do? And so all those same types of questions have been coming all along the way um, with the market. And uh, so with it, folks, you know, just hang in there. We're going to be fine. And we still have to produce stuff to stay alive as a society. And companies produce that stuff and make money. And we have proof again uh, that companies are making money 
um, uh, and a lot more than, than normal, it seems, as far as a percentage making it even or uh, overproducing as far as profit goes. All right, we have a couple of calls here. Let's go to the phone. Good morning. Who are we talking to? Hello. Hello. All right, let's try this one. Good morning. Who are we talking to? Tom hmm. broke the machine. I think I did. I think I broke something. Uh-huh. Well, hang in there, callers, if you're still there. We'll be happy to find you. All right, 715-845-2155. Maybe I shouldn't ask for phone calls now because the phone controls on the board here do not seem to be working. Let's try this. Try it again. Good morning. Who are we talking Well, it's working now, and they weren't there. All right, let's try this one. Good morning. Who are we talking to? <laughs> Tom, I'll let you work upon that. Hello. Good morning. Are you there? Yeah. Yeah. Ah, there we go. Okay. Hey, we got a live person. Go ahead. Okay. Um, I was just wondering if it'd probably be good to invest in medical supplies, anything to do with uh, uh, medical um, and healing and stuff like that, um, and maybe like body parts and stuff like that. <laughs> Artificial body parts is what you're talking about, I hope. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Well, um. I don't know about the artificial artificial body parts. I'm not sure uh, how much the demand is going to be from that, but I, I don't think there's anything wrong with investing inside of it. And I would pick again, folks, just for diversification. Um, I'd pick a good quality healthcare mutual fund. That way, we're not trying to guess which one of these companies is going to be the best. But you know, along with the vaccine, guess what we have to deliver the vaccines with? We need to have you know needles and syringes and all the stuff that goes along with it. And all that stuff is going to be quite a large undertaking to to get done. And so with it, I don't see a problem with the healthcare uh, fund. Um, healthcare has been pretty good throughout the course of the year, and I think it continues to be, especially as this vaccine becomes widespread. All right, let's see if this phone line will work this time. Good morning. Who are we talking to? Hello. Nope, that one is Tom Brooks dead as a doornail. Yeah. All right, we'll take a break here. We'll come back with more, and uh, we'll be back with more Merle Kelch after this on WSAU. Now, this day. Here's Chris Conley. If you're a competitive track and field athlete, you need the right equipment on this day, November 14th. WSAU.com. And we're back here in the studio. I'm Tom King, Merle Kelch, Kelch and Associates in Wausau. You know, folks, there are six types of retirees, and which one are you? An article by Alexandra. Melito. One would be the person who can't afford to retire. That would be me. Well, there'd be some of those, too, that come out and says uh, retirees keep from being overwhelmed so you can enjoy your retirement instead. And so this all comes out of a um, author and former counseling professor of Nancy Schlossberg, an article she wrote. At 91 years old, Tom, she's learning still how to do new things, and she started an entirely new journey acting as a consultant for Zoom programs about transitioning in life. And she came across how many 95-year-olds know how to use Zoom much less. And 91. Well, she's apparently one of them. You know what's amazing to me is my mom at 80 years old, and I gotta, I gotta put props out to mom. Mom, when she first started working with me many years ago, geez, probably a good 15 or 20 years ago, um, she needed a part-time job, and she decided to keep working full-time because she would get bored. And along the way, my mom would say statements like this. If nobody wants to call me, they don't have to do it. I don't know how to work that tech stuff. Well, I wasn't cool enough to show her how to do it, so granddaughter taught mom how to text. Now she doesn't make a phone call. 
She still uses her phone cooked, hooked up to her Wi-Fi system so she can still read about some of her favorite stuff and get cooking recipes. Uh-huh. So mom at 80 has embraced, better than some of my siblings, uh, the, the Internet and the Wi-Fi phone. I do have to say that she went out kicking and screaming when I got her a smartphone um, because I took her old phone and broke it before because she didn't want to give it up. She didn't really like me very much that day, but she really enjoys her her new uh, phone, so that works out well. So as she founds out, finds out, and this would be Mrs. Schlossberg, um, she says there is the continuer. There's a person who, when they retire, they just continue on doing what they're doing, but they do it in some sort of a modified form. In my world, I think this is going to be me, and Tom, probably you as well. I can't imagine you not being part of radio at some point or to a certain degree in your lifetime. I'm guessing you'll always be doing something I'm associated well, with you that. know the old joke I always tell, I always tell. Oh yeah, Tom retires when his head hits the keyboard on the way down. <laughs> the microphone <laughs> on the, the microphone way down. Yeah. On the yeah. Way down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so I, I imagine the same thing. I can't imagine myself not doing this type of business. Tom, 20 years ago, we're both going to sit here, probably still be doing the show. We're just going to look a hell of a lot different <laughs> at that point in time. If we're still sitting here 20 <laughs> years from now doing the show, yeah, that's uh. That's better living through chemistry right there. <laughs> well, it's going to be 20 years this yeah. March, folks. Uh, 20 years, Tom, and I'll be doing this uh, this coming March. This is amazing to me already that that's been a case. We have the easy glider. The easy glider is the person who wakes up in the morning and says, well, I'm just going to sloth and do nothing and see where it goes. I'm usually finding out what should I do for the day and just kind of getting through the day doing something. And they say some people may feel a bit uh, stir-crazy if they don't have a routine or a purpose during retirement, so other people look for different stuff. There's the involved spectator. Uh, that always uh, look for immersion in some sort of field, although not make full-time, but they always want to do something different. For example, if you have a retired museum director who always goes to art exhibits um, or a retired political consultant, even though they retire, they still go to the museums and still involve themselves in something politically. We have the involved spectator, which will be immersed inside of a field, and uh, they may teach others on how to do so. The researcher, or the searcher, if you will, I think we're all kind of part of that, and uh, with that, they look around, still do different things, look online, um, uh, YouTube, et cetera, et cetera, trying to find new things, learn new things, do different things, which we have to do as we go throughout our retirement. Well, we've got a call, but it came in on line one, and I don't think line one's working. We'll try it one more time and see if line one actually works. Here we go. Good morning. Who are we talking to? This is Tony. Hey! Hey, Tony! Wow. All right, Tony. Go ahead. Uh, I got a question. Uh, with all the uh, things going on here with the election and that, as far as uh, IRA funds and everything like that, what do you see metals like gold and silver doing? Would now be a time to start looking into uh, investing that, or should a person hold off? Well, gold is kind of stalled out. It's about 1800 It was like you know, $1,900, almost $2,000 um, an ounce coming up, and it stalled out a little bit. Uh, though it did come up a little bit here just recently. Usually you go into the gold and the metals when you have a whole bunch of uncertainty as far as an economic standpoint goes. And and I would say this past year was probably the time to be in metals. I'm not sure if, what it's going to be going out for the next, you know, four, six, eight quarters if that's going to be the case. And the only reason I say that is everything is really set to have an economic expansion. We look at it, taxes are relatively low. We have oil and gas prices are relatively low. Uh, we have stimulation as far as interest rates being so uh, so low. And so all that tends to drive the marketplace up. And usually when the market drives up, money leaves the metals and goes back into the marketplace. And so in that, I would certainly be, uh, Tony, um, uh, 
mindful as far as what you're doing, where you're going. And as I always say, if you're going to invest inside of the, the marketplace or metals and you're going to do it for a short period of time, um, I would look at doing some sort of an ETF or an exchange-traded fund of it so you have the ability to get in and out a lot uh, uh, more efficiently as far as price goes without having to contend with uh, discounts and premiums and buying the actual physical gold. Okay. Does that help okay, out? Well, uh, yeah, yeah, tremendously because, uh, you know, I don't know, with all the uncertainties, you know, with the election yeah, that election's bringing, uh, I just was wondering what, what a person should do. Yep. Remember, you always have to look at the other thing. There's the political, and then there's what's going on in the economy. Take the political out of it. Look at what's going inside of the economy. Usually gives you better as answers from an investing standpoint. Okay, well, thank you very much. Awesome. All right, thanks, thanks for the call. Tony. Appreciate it. 715-845-2155. We've got a few minutes left. As you said, take the politics out of it. Uh, yeah. The market, the money guys, the big money guys, always seem to uh, uh, are able to pivot when a new administration takes over. Regardless of whether it's people they support or people they don't support, it really doesn't matter to them as long as mm-hmm. the as the markets keep humming along. You know, and, and again, we look at um, the uh, we look at what just happened inside of the marketplace. We saw it go back up because the marketplace really didn't care about who the president was going to be. It cared about what was going to happen as far as the dysfunction goes, and they really wanted the Senate to be opposite of what the House was, which happens to be Republican, and it looks like we're going in that direction. So that's what the marketplace wanted to be, because the set of things we have right now with low interest rates, they said fuel. Well, don't um, discount uh, those two Senate races in Georgia yet. (laughs) Uh, Let's go back to the phone here this morning. Good morning. Who are we talking to? Yeah, this is Elmer. I just wanted uh, your quick opinion on companies like Acorn and Robinhood. Oh. oh, I'm sure. I'm sure Merle has great opinions on this. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Acorn and Robinhood are the what the micro investment, the micro traders, uh, yeah, the, the app, basically app day that traders. people can do on their yeah, own. The day yeah, day traders. Yeah. Um, I always kind of go back to this, uh, Elmer. Um, back in the the uh, the mid and late '90s, um, everybody was day trading, and there's all these shops that open up, and companies open up these day trading shops. So you could go in, you could rent a desk, and uh, they'd pay for your Wi-Fi and internet, and and on the internet, they would set up the portal for you to be able to go in and do day trading. But the whole rule at that point in time was you had to execute, you had to be out of your trades at the end of the day. And so, Elmer, if you're listening, and most of us out there will remember, remember the milk cartons back in the Reagan years where it said, you know, had a missing child on the back of the paper milk carton. Um, uh, so, um, so with that, the joke then became in the late 90s after we saw the crashes come in the late 90s and 2000, uh, we saw, you know, where's this day trader gone? So the day trading that we're seeing happening with Acorn and Robinhood and that whole bit, they're out there day trading. And what's interesting is it tends to be day trading inside of the same companies, which tends to see that it's probably a lot of millennials that are doing it. The problem was is a lot of people at that time, and I fear at this time too, they're not looking at the profitability of the companies, the company making money. And that always tends to be more of a trend and trends tend to uh, uh, sink at the end. So I would tend to point towards that ladder that we're going to start seeing it sink at some particular point in time. Not saying it's going about, not telling you not to invest it, but it tends to be one of those trends, and I would look at it that fashion. All right, we're out of time for today. If folks want to get a hold of you on Monday, how can they do that? Monday morning, you can find us on 3rd Avenue and Bridge Street. Come on in for a cup of coffee, say hello and hi, kick the tires. Um, you can also catch up with us and call us locally, 715-849-3600. 
Toll-free outside of the Wassa area at 866-355-5100 or find us online at kelchinassociates.com. By the way, um, our friend Alan is going to take over the show next week and the week after. That's right. You'll be as, out trying uh, to shoot Bambi. And uh, Well, um, as my wife says, you're going to be out sitting in your fort playing with your friends. So <laughs> Okay. And so, folks, <laughs> if you have uh, estate planning questions next week or the week after, the time to get them answered with attorney uh, Alan Halgum on the show. All right. We've got uh, the news coming up next. The polka shows are on the way next right here on WSAU. Over the years, you've brought them into your home. You were prescribed opioids after the C-section and after dad's back injury. They helped when you were in pain and you held on to them just in case.